Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Director's Cut, brought to you by the Directors Guild of America, featuring today's top directors sharing behind-the-scenes stories of their latest films and insights into the craft of directing. The Director's Cut is now available on Spotify, so please take a second to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode takes us behind the scenes of director Brady Corbett's new drama, Vox Lux. The film tells the story of Celeste, a young singer who had a meteoric rise to fame after she survived a violent tragedy as a teenager and captured the nation's attention when she sang at the memorial service. Years later, the now superstar celebrity must deal with the aftermath of a scandalous incident which could derail her career. She seeks to reclaim her place in the entertainment world via an album of sci-fi anthems entitled Vox Lux, and must find a way to come to grips with everything her life has become. In addition to Vox Lux, Mr. Corbett's credits include the feature film The Childhood of a Leader and the short film Protect You and Me. Following a recent screening of the film at the DGA Theater in New York, Mr. Corbett spoke with director John Krokitis about filming Vox Lux. During their conversation, Mr. Corbett discusses the lessons he learned while working with acclaimed directors such as Lars von Trier and Catherine Hardwick as an actor, creating fiction in an era of post-truth, and his shift away from realism in his directorial approach to the film. I thought I had seen um the most definitive scene of Natalie Portman breaking down in a dressing room in my life. But I was so wrong. <laughs> I just want to first congratulate you on making a movie that, there are a lot of great movies this year and I feel like we're in a moment when artists such as yourself are taking a mirror back to our society and trying to say something about where we find ourselves at this really weird time that we're in. There's been a lot of great movies, but no other movie this year has left me completely guessing while watching it and having no idea where the director was taking me. But because of the storyline, the performances, and the strong directorial choices you made, I was ready to just let go and have you take me wherever you took me. And it is so rare that a movie does that. And honestly, that's the best praise that I can give this film. It actually gets even better on a second and third viewing. Um, so, do y'all know a little bit about Brady? Brady started his uh, creative career as an actor. And I first saw him at Film Forum on screen in a movie called Mysterious Skin. I think you're about 15 then, 14? Yeah, I was 14. The film, the, it, it's, it's funny because the, this film is playing at the Film Forum. My first film at the Film Forum since then, I mean, something I worked on. Um, and, uh, and that was exactly uh, 15 years ago. And since that moment, uh, he's worked with, hold on, I had to write this down. I then saw him in such movies as 13 and Funny Games. Melancholia, Simon Killer, Martha Marcy May Marlene. So, you know, you've worked with such lightweights as Lars von Trier and Michael Haneke. And 
uh, Antonio Campos. But no, seriously, when did you decide, did you know this whole time when you were acting that you were going to be a director? And did you, like, what did you learn from your experiences with them? Was there anything that you took from those films when you started becoming a director and realizing, yes, that's the way I want to work with actors or that's the way I want to run a set? I, I just realized that, that, that people that I, that I respect a lot are, are you know, very human also. Um, that they that they also um, uh, are not uh, always perfectly prepared uh, because you can be very prepared and and you and sometimes you're not prepared for the most important problem of the day. Um, <clears throat> I I learned um, uh, that to uh, be brave in your work is not the same thing as being um, um, uh, you know uh, brave personally. Um, I'm uh, quite shy, um, and, my, and I know that the films are not. The films I've made are not shy films. Um, I'm, I'm aware, but um, but um, but I, I care about the medium a lot, and <clears throat> I care about the advancement of the medium a lot, um, and I care about. Um, uh, I, I think it's not worth making something unless the, there's at least some attempt at doing something. Uh, that is adding to the conversation a little bit. Um, I mean, otherwise, why do you get out of bed? Um, I mean, it's certainly not for this kind of project to make a lot of money. So, uh, or, 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 you know, frankly, any. Um, but uh, but I, I just, um, my first AD is here, and he did, he did a great job, and he's laughing because he knows it's true, I didn't make any money. <laughs> It was, a, it, was, it, was a, it was a big guffaw. Uh, anyway, um, so I, I think that, um, you know, making movies like this in this day and age is very, very complicated. Um, <laughs> there, there's, there's literally no one asking for it. Um, uh, I, I mean, I mean it, it's, it's true. I mean, you, if, if you go into a meeting, they, they ask you um, uh, the proverbial they. They say, so... Uh, you know, uh, yeah, do you have a genre film you're working on, or do you have like, and, and, and it can be any kind of genre. Like, well, you know, what do you have for us? And they're like, oh, I don't know, it's everything, or it's nothing, I don't know what it is. And, and, and that's not, it's, it's, it's not what anyone wants, because <clears throat> it's, it's not Amazon Prime. Um, it's not um, uh, delivered to your doorstep. Um, uh, as something which is quantifiable and, and, and qualifiable. So um, uh, I understand that we, we love things very, very neat in, uh, in this day and age, uh, and sometimes I do too. Um, but um, I, I grew up looking at films that were not neat, uh, um, and, and which was not to say that they weren't confident and didn't know what, exactly what they were, but they were not neat. Um, and I think that that is an important thing to keep alive. And you know we lo we lost Nicholas Rogue this year, one of the most important filmmakers that 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 ever lived, um, and Nicholas Rogue's movies were very messy, uh, but can we really call them that? Because they're some of the most iconic films ever made, um, and um, uh, you know were they actually messy? I don't know. They seemed messy because they were very alive and they were very um, they were yes they were very alive. Do you think this film is messy? I know it's not. 
No, I mean, I, I mean, this I can say for with some some certainty that it's not messy. It's a lot of other things. Um, it's sort of like um, being on a press tour for a film like this across this country, um, uh, fielding a lot of different responses, reactions to the film, which are all valid. You know, I mean, uh, it's a lot of things, but it's it's exactly as it was designed to be. So so then it's sort of like well. It's, if it's not a mistake, then especially fuck you for your, for your, for your intent, you know. Um, uh, you know, I, I, which I also understand. I, I've, I felt Did that way. Did someone literally say fuck you at a Q&A? Uh, no, no, no. But no, but, yeah. but no, 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 no one said fuck you yet. Um, however, um, I have, of course, um, I've been... I, I've, I've been met with befuddlement and, and, and puzzled viewers across the globe, um, which is interesting to me because it seems like everything which is in the film <clears throat> that we should all have a point of reference for. Like we're all experts on this moment in time that we're living in. And the film is no more uh, um, uh, obnoxious or difficult than this administration is. And, and the... And the and, no, and I, but I really feel that way. I think that it's very like um, uh, the 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 film is is really about um, you know how how can um, how can our fictions exist? How can our our narratives exist in um, a moment in time which is post truth? Because the thing is, is that melodrama, something that we that that most filmmakers really celebrate, because melodrama was it was it, people used to not make fun of you for for um for uh, an operatic gesture um but but now you know people make fun of you for an operatic gesture uh and and i understand why i mean to a certain extent i feel like it's like cooking like our dishes should become more our cuisine should be become more refined more distilled more precise more subtle i don't i don't I personally don't like things to have too much salt, um, uh, but um, but there there is something to um, uh, uh, doing things in, in in the way that they were done in the past, and this film is about the di digital revolution, but it was photographed on celluloid, and <clears throat> that's important. That the 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 form is the content, and I think that interesting contemporary films, um, uh, you cannot separate the two. I mean, I thought the fact that your choices were unsubtle were wonderful because as a director who's often criticized as being unsubtle myself, sure. you know, I feel like we're living in a time in an era where film is often praised, um, art house quote unquote film, for being as quiet and as close to reality as possible. Um, like this neo-realistic like neo as we can get, the more awarded we should do it. So to see somebody stand up and to make really bold bravado choices in the music, in the slow zooms, in putting the end credits at the top of the movie, and all of these choices that you've made, you make us question why you did it, and you don't give us the answers, but I can tell you, you leave all of us after the movie thinking about it for a long time. And after watching it a second time, I could start seeing some of the decision-making processes behind some of those sure. um, choices. Although, I have to admit, I have no idea. Why did you put the, opening, the closing credits at the top? <laughs> uh, well, that was one of the reasons I was so glad I got to do this Q&A, just to ask that question. Yeah. 
Um, I'm, I, I, you know, I think that in, in general, there's things that we used to do a little bit better. And, um, and that was one of them. I think the credits used to be really, really exhilarating as opposed to something, they were part of the movie. Like, it's not like when you go to a show and you get a playbill where it's like, it, who gives a fuck how it looks because it's not, not actually a part of the experience of watching the film or, or, or the show. Um, in the case of movie, um, I think that, uh, that you establish very early on how much you care about your frame, how much you care about your crew, um, um, and, and, it, and, it, and it takes hundreds, I mean, I know that we're in the director's guild here, but a director doesn't make a movie. A uh, hundred, a hundred people do, a uh, hundred and fifty people do. Um, um, and so, um, for me, um, I think it's important to, um, uh, celebrate those people and make them part of the whole experience of watching something. Um, and, and I also, it's very old fashioned. And so when you're, you come to see a movie about a pop star and you see something as old fashioned as that, and it's not, we're not reinventing the wheel. I mean, this is it's a very old fashioned way of, of doing things. Um, uh, it's placement is contemporary, but, uh, like in terms of doing something 10 minutes in. We weren't seeing Preston Sturgis doing that. But, but, um, but, but, but all the credits up front was, was, was a, was, is a thing of the past. So as soon as you start <clears throat> playing with people's notion or expectations of time, and, and movie time, um, then uh, they, they start perceiving it through that sort of a prism. That the whole thing is, yes, it's about right now, uh, but uh, it's, it's, it's about looking towards the past to access the present, to look towards the future. It's, 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 all, it's all of those things. Um, and I hope personally as a viewer, as a viewer that is you know, a little bit, I, I, yeah, I, maybe it's because I have a kid now and, and it's like a little bit of a process to go and see a movie. But, you know, I'm, I'm not that easily um, engaged. I wouldn't even say impressed. I'm very easily impressed. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not easily engaged uh, by anything. Um, I watch something for a few minutes. My daughter needs something. I, I, I need to be there for her. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I want to watch something that is, is so wild um, that it turns me into a bad parent and a bad person. I mean, I mean, I, I mean it. I, I like this. Hold on, one second, honey. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that very much. I, I, for for the most part, you do this for a little while. You make the thing. You watch things. It's not that fun to watch, watch other people's things. But, um, but some people make it exhilarating. And, and for example, I think that. Uh, David Lynch's uh, uh, third season of Twin Peaks is a masterpiece, and I think that that it's it's wild and it's alive. It's a thing you have to you have to deal with, and and I really enjoyed that. That's the last time I really enjoyed something. So your first movie, The Childhood of a Leader, which is also great, um, also deals with a child who is the witness to something absolutely horrible. And then later on in their life, it's a fictional um, character set in real history, is the cause of something terrifying and horrible. Sure. So the two arcs are very similar in the two movies. Did you conceive of them together? Did you, once you started coming up with this one, did you start realizing that it had a relationship with the first, or am I just completely putting this together? No, 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 you're totally right. I mean, they're, they're, they're related. The, the, the films are, the, the, this film, 
it, I, I, I wrote it like a sequel um, to, 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 to childhood. Um, it's very freeing writing a sequel to a movie that no, nobody saw. Uh, because three ninety nine on <laughs> iTunes, he won Best Director at Venice. I highly recommend it. <laughs> but, um, uh, but it's very. Um, uh, after I made that film, and I was w working, uh, I was making a movie in Europe uh, uh, as an American uh, about the early part of the twentieth century. And when I finished that, I wanted to make a movie about the twenty first century in America. So, so it was it was definitely written in response to what I had just come off of. Um, and um, uh, I, w I, w I was curious to work with characters that were less stilted in terms of uh, how how the the, uh, the 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 moment in time allowed them to behave, um, and and so this was you know the opposite end of the spectrum. My, my the film I'm working on now is is a film that's set in the mostly in the 1950s and 60s. So it's in between this and that, um, but I yeah, but I but I approach them in the same way. I approach this like a period piece. And you work with the same DP on both films, right? Yeah. How do you how do you decide to cover a scene? I don't think there is one scene in this movie <clears throat> in which you use traditional coverage. And I was just curious: the slow, menacing zooms, the long tracking shots behind the characters that last ten to fifteen minutes. Do you two come up with this and plan this beforehand? Is it something that you guys? It's in the script. It's usually in the script, and 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 it's you script the shots. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it sort of says, you know, note and and there's a note at the top of a scene that'll say, you know, um, in in one continuous take until otherwise noted, um, and then it's like, okay, now it's done, <laughs> um, and then that's the ambition for that that sequence. Um, I. We had a few things that changed along the way, but not much. The film was shot in 22 days, so we we had to we had to be very prepared, um, and uh, and so uh, especially to to span a great deal of time in a narrative it, with only 22 days of shooting to to pull it all off. Um, it's it's a it's a daunting task, more philosophically than 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 practically. I I, I think. Um, just to be like, okay, well, you know, now we're, you know, 20 years later. Um, were there reference movies, or did you have a mood board that you guys created together of images of photographers, or? Yeah, we 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 put stuff together. Um, you know, there's Philip Lorca de Corsh in there. There was uh, um, uh, there was a little bit of Nicholas Rogue in there. I recognize the ambulances from Bad Timing, um, but not too much. I mean. We didn't need too much simply because of the fact that we all have a point of reference since it's about, so much of it is about right now. And then uh, there, there were a lot of discussions about how absurd is too absurd in terms of the characters, outfits, things like this. Like, well, you know, like, let, like let's, let's, she's gonna look like Bride of Frankenstein. Um, uh, but, but that's also accurate. I mean, it's not, certainly not inaccurate. It's, it, we, we basically realized when we looked at references that that there was no such thing as too far um, because it's every everything about the pop pop, pop shows and stuff is it's embellished and and pretty tacky. It's it's le it's it's pleather, not leather. You know. Speaking of too far, you pushed Natalie Portman further than I think I've seen anyone push her, and I thought the work was marvelous. And I'm just curious, did you? 
how coming from acting, how do you work? Like your casting is also impeccable. Um, how did you work with your actors? Do you do a rehearsal period? Do you talk about characters intellectually beforehand? Did I mean, you? I mean, with, with Natalie, I mean, Natalie, Natalie's so clever um, that she absorbed everything that we discussed very early on. You know, we, I was like, the character's like a little bit of a mob wife. And I was like, it's like a character that has embellished her origins so that when you find her later on, it's like, you know, in, in part one, she's, she's, she's like a, a human being, like a, like a haunted human being, but a human being. And then I was like, and then I mean, she's quite introverted. And then the second half of the film, she's totally extroverted and she's playing a part um, and so I, so I was like, it should be... Um, the way Madonna be... takes on accents? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean and there's, so, there's so many examples, and I, you know, I, I don't want to, um, you know, mock anyone, because I've also grown up in front of a camera. Uh, um, but, but sure, it, it is sort of a, it's sort of a shtick, um, and, and I understand why people do it, because when you feel um, a little embarrassed... Uh, in, in front of a crowd, um, you take on airs, and it, almost everyone does. Um, you become uh, overtly articulate, um, uh, you articulate too much, you start sounding like you're from another place, um, and that, that happens to, to everybody. Um, and so the idea was not to mock her, but, but to demonstrate it. Um, that, that you, when you're living your life in public, that of course it's impossible to be yourself. Um, and because we've spent an hour with this character as herself, um, we're able to identify it uh, very quickly as this is, uh, this, the, the, this is this artificiality. Um, you know, it seemed pretty real to me. It reminded me of certain actors I've worked with. Well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of things like we discussed, and we were like, we discussed in the writing stage and, and when we were working the film, like, should there be a moment where you see her with you know, sear stripped down. And I was like, well, but we've already seen it. We, we spent all this time with, with the character for an hour. And I was like, I think it's more interesting that, that, that she, she doesn't back down. She's like, this is who I am now. This is who I am now. This is how I am now. She has moments where she's, you see that she's emotional um, and she's moved or disturbed or, or whatever. But, but, and so she's a human being in that sense. But she's lost herself completely. And... And so it's, it's, a, it's a very theatrical decision. Um, but luckily, all of the, the actors were, were uh, curious to try and do that. Because neorealism, it's not done very well in this country. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw like a great neorealist American film. Um, uh, but it exists, and I've seen great neorealist neo pictures. Um, <clears throat> although, for, for whatever reason, we decided to approach this thing in a way where we protest the thing by being the thing. So, um, at the Explain end, further. Well, at the end of the film, you're watching the show for a long time, and the idea is that you are, after a while, you go, I can't, it's really going on for a long time. And, and then, you, and you're like, is it good? And do I, like, does it sound, it sound I mean, it sounds how a concert sounds. So, and concerts are blown out and, and they're, you know, it's hard to discern the hooks and stuff. Um, but, um, but you have a lot of feelings while you watch it, whether you're with somebody or you're alone, you're like, this is, this is curious. And then there's a sort of a conclusive statement from the film's narrator, 
And then there's some more music. And so everything about it is sort of going against the, what, what, a, what a movie wants to be, which is sort of to be like, um, I mean, the, the, move, the movie moves along at a certain clip. And, and then all of a sudden you have to sit and watch the thing that you showed up to, 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 to watch. So everyone comes in to watch a movie about a pop star. They get an hour and 40 minutes of something else. And then they get 13 and a half or 14 minutes of, of a pop concert. And then, and then they have mixed feelings about that. And that's interesting, I think. Now, did you plan that structure or did you find that in the editing room? It was completely planned. Okay, I know people must have a lot of questions. I just want to throw out. So my read of the concert, the first time I watched this movie and after everything we've been through, that being the ending and you giving me four pop songs in a row, I was like, oh, the banality of it all. But then you went biblical and it made me rethink, okay, the entire narrative is her character's decision, whether true or not, to do this pact with the devil. And then I remembered, she said, when she woke up in the hospital bed, oh my God, I've done the most horrible thing. And that one for the money, two for the show, she sure. did in the music video. And I was sure. like, oh, okay, so there's a, this is a, um, a fable. Sure. But then you went on the faces of the family, the sister and the daughter, enjoying the performance. And I remember she said all she wanted to do was bring joy. And then I realized I was feeling happy. Sure. And that the, the, the pop performance that I was criticizing as being banal and empty and everything that's wrong with our culture with a reality show president, I was actually enjoying. Right. So, okay, that was my read. But it's all of the, but it's, yeah. Yeah, but it's, of course, but the, of course it's all of those things. It's, it's, it, and I would say that, that it's, it's those things in, 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 in movements. Like, so, so the, part of the reason that the show is 13 and a half minutes is that the most balletic performances are about that long. Um, and so the idea was to sort of, you know, elevate this thing, which people don't have um, a, a great deal of respect for. Um, and, and, I mean, because, because people love to, to take, take down uh, um, uh, people that are successful. Um, and so it's sort of, it's like, oh, it's ridiculous and... Yes, it like grabs the attention of everyone else, but you know I'm above it. And so the idea was to sort of you know analyze that, to 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 be fascinated by it, to enjoy it, to suddenly jump outside of it, um, and and uh, and and I feel differently about it at different moments when when I watch the film. And it was constructed in that way. Um, it's unusual. Um, it, is, it is unusual because those things are usually designed to make you feel something. It's supposed to be triumphant or it's supposed to be tragic. And the fact that we don't have the perspective or the objectivity to speak about the moment in time we're living in yet. So at the end of the film, you know, you see the actress um, uh, reprising another role who seems to be you know, reincarnated as someone else, who is being given another chance at, at, at a future. Um, but um, uh, her future is uncertain. Uh, our future is totally uncertain. I mean, we wake up every day with, with, uh, with, 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 some, with a new expert informing us that, that we have maybe 75 uh, or, or 70 years left in, uh, on this planet. And we decide, okay, actually, I think I'm gonna click on the link that's right beneath that one um, uh, uh, so that I don't have to think about that for, for too long. 
Um, because even though I might not be alive then, um, my relatives, my, my, in my case, my child, there's a very good chance that my child will be around in 70 years and, um, and that the, the things that we are doing right now uh, will affect her. But can't we save the world and listen to Ariana Grande at the same time? Yes, and do we and, have to make a choice? No, and 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 actually, I, but but that but that's the thing is that I, I agree with you, and I think that that I feel like there are all these people who do not deserve who who didn't, and, and when I say deserve, I mean they they don't they don't deserve to be uh, tied up in such a, a, a complicated socio political landscape. Ariana Grande did not ask uh, to 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 perform at a venue that that someone would 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 attack. Um, uh, so that it, it, it for, for, so that so that she would have to answer to that and talk about that for the rest of her life and her career. Did that happen during the production of this? It did. It did. So I mean, the film was not written in response to that. But I just mean to say that we see this young woman who has been really brave, uh, really um, she she really stepped up. I mean, she really handled it like an adult, and and I'm very Im impressed by her. Um, and, uh, and this character has nothing to do with Ariana Grande. It was written years uh, in, in, in advance of, 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 of what happened. Um, but, but I do feel like, like we're, we're in a moment in time where we have celebrities that have decided to become politicians. And we have you know, uh, celebrities that have, have not asked to, to take a political stance on anything, but they're, but they're being forced to because of ideological mobs. Um, and, and I think that it's complicated for them, and I think that we should, we should go easy on them. I think that, you know, they, we, we did not elect them to represent us. They are not our politicians. They, they are people that, that, that we enjoy, you know, listening to and But watching. they made a deal with the devil. <laughs> she did. She did. Um, but, uh, but anyhow, I, I, um, I think that the, the, these things are endlessly complex. Sure that everyone has an opinion about it, um, and uh, you know, regardless of how anyone feels about this film, which talks about all these themes, I really, really hope that we go out and, and support the young people who are put in, in the in, in the in the crossfire, the uh, the ideological crossfire of, of these uh, situations all the time, and I think that we should go a little easier on them. Thanks for coming. <laughs> you got to let them ask a question. Do, do they? Isn't it, isn't it time to go? <laughs> would, would somebody like to ask a question on the Who's way Who's got a question? How many, how many minutes do we have left? I thought Five? I was, okay. You know what? I, th I thought that I was seeing a, a hand. Okay, well, I'll stay. <laughs> hey. Well, it, that, did that, everyone hear that? Well, um, hold, hold, you know what? I actually think the, the answer will, I think the answer will suffice. I, I think so. Um, um, the, ba basically, um, I, I, will, I will quickly talk about um, what the sister's purpose in the story was. Um, I was asked if it meant one thing or, or why she's there, but, but it's not important because that's not why she's there. The, the thing is, is that um, the reason that that character exists is because um, we, we live in, 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 in rise and fall stories, like in rise and fall cliches, there's generally a, a person behind the person, like someone in the shadows, that's actually doing all of the work. Um, and, and almost every single one of these movies, um, 
uh, or stories flirts with that, that sort of a scenario. Um, the reason that, that I have that kind of character in this film was to talk about how um, that character uh, is, is no longer important um, in contemporary narratives for the following reason. We all know that the majority of our uh, popular figures are not responsible for their success. We already know that. Um, and it, it's something which is, uh, uh, there, there are exceptions, of course. But if somebody came out tomorrow and said, your favorite artist does not write her or his own songs, nobody would give a fuck. Because, um, you know, if, if we live um, during a period where nobody gives a fuck about the president sleeping with a porn star, or if we live in a moment in time where we don't care if the president committed a crime, if we live in a moment in time where we don't care if artists are responsible for their own artworks, um, how, on, how on earth can we possibly care about a pop artist that lip syncs, of course, at a live show? Um, so it's complicated. Because if we live in a moment in time which is post-truth, it means that we are um, uh, uh, post-narrative. Because narrative relies on stakes. And if there are no stakes, you have no drama. And if you have no drama, you have no cinema. And so this film suggests that in a moment that should be a turning point in the story, that, that it's impossible for that to be a, a big enough turning point because nobody gives a fuck. And therefore, what, what will people care about? People care about something penultimate, something fabled, the deal with the devil? No, they won't care about that either because even that is passe. So the whole film is very co complex because it uses things, it, it uses melodrama to, to talk about talk about something that used to work, and it doesn't work anymore. And so, and since this is the DGA, and it's a, a group of, a lot of storytellers and stuff in the room, um, what do we do about it? It's very, very complicated. And, um, and, and it's hard because it's like, I mean, every time you go to work, you don't want to have to, you don't want to be burdened with that kind of, kind of, kind of, uh, um, uh, uh, hypothesis, uh, which, which is all it is. Um, but, but what do we do? How do we make people care? And I feel like as a writer, when I sit down and write something, I'm constantly trying to figure out um, how do I make anyone care right now? Um, and, and, and it takes a lot. Um, and, and it's a little disruptive, and, and, and the film functions as, as in, in a disruptive way. Um, to disrupt your expectations of what you're coming to see or whatever. Um, but, you know, uh, not, not, not for nothing. I've been told to wrap it up, so I think the answer to your question is we keep telling these stories. Uh, well, I think that I should just keep talking you could. For, the, for, the, for, the last, <laughs> for the last 45 seconds so I don't have to answer another question. <laughs> uh, John, thank you so much for doing this. Okay, thank you. It was very kind of you. And um, no, to all of us, though, the answer to your question, 
we just have to keep committing to telling the stories that reveal the truth and show who we are. And those are the ones that take five years to get made, but we gotta be stick with them. And I think everyone in this room is with me in that these stories do matter. And thank you for making one that does. Go have a Negroni. Have a good night. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another DGA Q&A. If you'd like to hear more, you can find past episodes of The Director's Cut wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll have more for you in the coming weeks, including Q&As from directors Adam McKay and Peter Hedges. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying our podcast, please take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. We'd love to hear your feedback, and you can help fellow cinephiles find the show. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time. This podcast is produced by the Directors Guild of America. Music is by Dan Wally 